it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, got another good episode for y'all again today. It's another one of our MLB season previews. We got the NL and AL West coming up for y'all um, back on Wednesday and already posted as well. We did the AL NL East. I got the NL AL Central. I'm going to record that on Monday or Tuesday and get it up for y'all Tuesday at the latest, late in Tuesday night. But trying to get everything out there for the MLB season to get going. Got to keep doing these previews. I like breaking them down rather than cramming everything into one podcast. Um, I'm joined once again by none other than our baseball guru, Bid Bolton. Say what's up to the people. What's up? What's up? Good to be back. Hey, we're glad to have you back, Bid. We need all your baseball knowledge. Bid helped me last year with a lot of the baseball stuff to you know, give us a little bit more of in-depth knowledge. But luckily, I got a lot of in-depth stuff for y'all for this one, so y'all better be ready for all that. But, I mean, Bid, we might as well go ahead and start things off here, talk about a little NL West, and we'll start with the Dodgers. And... You know what, rather than try to talk about weaknesses with the Dodgers, um, I mean, do, first off, do you even think the Dodgers have a weakness? Not that I can think of. I mean, they're the deepest team in baseball. They've got a hell of a rotation. Their bullpen's pretty solid. They went out and added Blake Trine into that, mm-hmm. got Mookie Betts to come in, so now they have two MVP candidates. That There's not a weak spot in that entire roster. Yeah, so I actually have a little interesting take with Mookie Betts. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's still Mookie Betts, and he's going to go off, but... Think about it though. He's not playing in Fenway Park, which is a very, 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 very friendly, hit, yeah, hitter friendly park, and he's very familiar with all the pitchers over there. So you know, I think I could definitely see a little bit of a dip in Mookie's production, but not too much of a dip because I mean he's still Mookie Betts. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean he can take a step back and still play at an All Star level, and that's kind of where I see him playing this year. Yeah, basically he can go from an MVP level to your regular All Star outfielder. I mean, God forbid. Yeah, exactly. God forbid. But I actually think another thing too that's not really being calculated in right now is the fact that Dustin May is young and coming up and you know too like you said with Blake Trinan he's a guy who could also start games for you if you want to he can do anything from start to close so I mean he's a very versatile guy to have in that bullpen you know you can bring him in throw two quick innings and then bring uh, Kenley Jansen out there whenever he gets over COVID. I think Dustin May is going to end up in the starting rotation by the end of the year Uh, maybe at the beginning of the year they'll keep him back a little bit because uh, a lot of teams I'm sure are going to be doing something similar to what Brian Snickers said the Braves are going to do and they're just Mm going to start piggybacking starters so you know opening day you could come out, you could have Walker Bueller throw three or four. Well, he's behind schedule. So probably Kershaw come out, throw yeah. three or four innings, bring in Dustin May to throw three or four, then turn it over to the back end of the bullpen. And But ultimately, I think he's going to end up in the starting rotation by the end of the year. He's too talented not to. No, I agree with you completely. I mean, this Dodgers team is going to be fun to watch. It's going to be must-see TV. It's going to be some great baseball. But rather than sit here and harp on how great the Dodgers is, let's move to a team that's not so great, and that is the San Francisco Giants. And, I mean, what do you think about their 2020 outlook so far? Well, I think it's kind of on the flip side of the Dodgers, where with L.A., they don't have any weaknesses and they have nothing but strengths. I look at this roster right here, and I see San Francisco team with nothing but weaknesses and no strengths at all. <laughs> I mean, I love Billy Hamilton, I love Evan Longoria, but, I mean, they're not going to be any good at all. I mean, their rotation maybe is going to be average at best, but outside of that, there's nothing average about this team. They're not going to be very good. You know, when I look at this team, and especially the fact, you know, that you lose Bruce Bochy, arguably one of the best managers of the of last all time, de- yeah, yeah. Of all, he's up there, that, that's how good of a manager he is, and you replace him with a guy like Gabe Kapler, I mean, that leaves, I mean, we saw how bad Gabe Kapler was with all the talent he had on the Phillies, imagine what he's going to do with the talent he doesn't have, I mean, like, you, I don't know if you said it or not, but Buster Posey's sitting out the season, yeah. so 
arguably your best player, second best player. He's not playing as well. I mean, your starting catcher now, Rob Brantley, if I'm not mistaken, has like five or ten yeah, in career MLB he's bats. He's never, never really been a whole lot. But I will say for the catcher position there, maybe they'll get a little boost if Joey Bart comes up from the minor leagues, their top prospect there. He can honestly step in at this point and not be that uh, not that much of a downgrade as opposed to Buster Posey. But it's not just Posey that they lost either. Remember, they're, they're losing Will Smith. They're losing mm-hmm. Madison Bumgarner. Melanson even they had Melanson most of the season the last deadline. year. Yeah, I mean, I do look at the rotation, and I see a couple of big uh, rebound candidates in Kevin Gossman and Drew Smiley. The talent's there for those guys. Both of them have uh, struggled, whether that's with injury or whether that's just struggles on the mound in general. They can both bounce back, but that's not going to make much of a difference for this team. They're going to be the cellar dwellers all year long. Yeah, and I actually have a little theory here on cellar dwellers. We're just I'm going to share real briefly. I want you to tell me if you agree or not. But I think a lot of these teams that you know once it gets towards the trade deadline, they find themselves out of it. They're going to go ahead and sell off any guys that have any value that aren't part of their long term plan and go ahead and throw all the young guys in here with yeah. no minor league baseball. Absolutely. I mean, I look for a lot of these teams that are cellar dwellers to be a skeleton crew by the end of the Absolutely. season. I mean, guys like Kevin Gossman and Drew Smiley, they brought them in for no reason other than to flip them at the deadline if they read Cueto too him. honestly Cueto now that he's back and healthy he's gonna get flipped he's been there for a while yeah but it, he I don't see him finishing the season in San Francisco unless he gets injured again yeah if I had to predict Cueto and Longoria and possibly even Brandon Crawford will not finish the season with yeah. him so hell some Arja too yeah that's what I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna get rid of anything they can they're not gonna have a whole lot of love Oh, yeah. Up next is the Colorado Rockies, and I'll start things off with the Rockies. You know, when I look at this lineup, it's really not that bad, honestly. Like, I mean, I think Garrett Hampson might be a decent young player here who's coming up. But, I mean, when you have Daniel Murphy, Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, Trevor Story, and David Dahl, you know, that's definitely a little bit of a slept-on first five hitters you can have. The biggest problem, though, with the Rockies is what it's always going to be, and that's pitching. You know, none of the big-name pitchers ever want to go pitch in Colorado because it's pretty much detrimental to their ERA. I think Ubaldo Jimenez is about the most successful pitcher I've ever seen in Colorado. And that was kind of, honestly, a lucky season because he fell off so hard after, but... And he's one of those guys, he could only pitch well in Colorado. You see, mm-hmm. most guys, if they leave Colorado, they get a little boost to their career. He was the exact opposite. He went down to Baltimore, he went wherever else, and he just did not pitch as well. Colorado, he was an ace, so I didn't mm-hmm. really... That was weird. Yeah, it made honestly zero sense. I still will never understand that one, but realistically, though, I mean, I think John Gray will be solid. You know what you're going to get with him, but if Marquez and Freeland can pitch like the guys they were expected to be, I mean, the Rockies could fight and have a chance to make the playoffs here, but... What they showed me last year, I'm not too confident they can do that. Uh, here's the thing. Their rotation is really interesting to me because, as you mentioned, uh, John Gray, he's always had ace stuff. He's never been able to quite put it together. He's had stretches where he's been able to flash it. You know, He's pitched well on the road. But Jermon Marquez is the most interesting one for me here. I think he has the potential to be the best one of the entire group. Uh, he's pitched a little bit better at Coors Field than John Gray has. Uh, I'm looking for him to take a big step forward this year. Uh, Kyle Freeland, who knows at this point, he, he was uh, he pitched very well two years ago. Last year, just completely fell off the, fell off the map. Um, but like you said, that that lineup, man, that is a really solid lineup. Uh, Charlie Blackman, they had a little scare with COVID. He's back and healthy now. Nolan Arenado, I don't know if he's maybe top five player in baseball. Yeah, right but there. he's been uh, he had those issues with the front office in the off season. That seems to be kind of behind them, but that's still something to keep an eye on. If the Rockies fall flat and there's contenders out there looking for third base help, he might be on the move, but that would be a really hard sell for the franchise to just move the face of the franchise franchise like that when the league's already struggling this much. Colorado would not be very happy about that. 
No, I absolutely agree with you there. So, I mean, I think, honestly, I think if they do bad, that Arenado will probably request that trade. But, I mean, realistically, though, if you trade him, you can get a whole new team pretty much. So, it be interesting to watch and see what the Rockies can do if that pitching can pull things together. Um, next team up here, we got the Arizona Diamondbacks. And, you know, when I look at Arizona... I think their lineup could be a little bit better, but I really like the pitching, honestly. I mean, you got Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Luke Weaver. I mean, you have Zach Gallon projected to be your fourth pitcher. I mean, Gallon, honestly, in my opinion, is really slept on pitcher. He's a great strikeout guy. I mean, he does have tendencies to get a little bit wild and give up some home runs sometimes. I but mean, and he's young, too. I think he's going to step up. I think he's going to be the best pitcher on the staff this Absolutely. year. No, I mean, Madison Bumgarner is going to be solid, as he always is. He's going to be dependable, but he's not the ace that he used to be. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the rotation, too, the guys even behind Bumgarner and Gallon, you have a lot of talent in Luke Weaver, came over in the Paul Goldschmidt trade, and you've got strikeout machine Robbie Ray. Yep. He's a walk machine, too, but when he, if he dials it in a little bit and throws strikes, he's, all, he's always a really effective pitcher. But like you said with the lineup, it could be a little bit better, but they did go get Starling Marte. Could tell Marte broke out in a big way last year, mm-hmm. looking like a superstar. Escobar, Walker, Peralta. Kevin Crone's an interesting name to me because he was the best hitter in the minor leagues last year. They called him up. He didn't do too much, but he flashed that power. Uh, you know, his brother's always been a big power threat as well. So that's a really interesting one for me. Also, Cole Calhoun. Cole Calhoun had some good games, some uh, good years with the Angels, and now it's kind of time to see if he can rebuild that value a little bit because he could be somebody that you could really sleep on, and next thing you know, he's a star-level player. No, but, I, no, I agree with you completely. I also, you know, adding Starling Marte to that batting That was a big boost. Absolutely huge. Do they still have Adam Jones, or is he a free agent now? Uh, he's playing in Japan now, actually. That is right. Yeah, Damn. Playing in Japan. But also, look at Nick Ahmed. He can't really hit a whole lot, but he's a gold-glove caliber defender. Mm-hmm. So now you get to add an extra bat to the lineup with the DH. His bat starts to look a little bit better because you don't have to worry about it as much, and that Gold Glove defense can be a big, uh, big boost for that team. No, absolutely, and also I think having the DH in the NL adds a whole other twist to a lot of these guys who would find themselves hitting in that eight spot. You know, you go up there, you don't get a lot of pitches to hit. Sometimes you have to go up there and chase just because you're trying to put the ball in play rather than get to a situation yeah. where your pitcher's up with two outs, you know, and runners on. So I think adding that DH really changes a lot of the dynamic. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference. I mean, just look at this projected lineup. There's a huge difference for Carson Kelly between hitting in front of Starling Marte and hitting in front of a pitcher. I mean, unless unless Madison Bumgarner start, and then I guess there's not much of a difference. But aside from that, there's a huge difference. You're going to be pitched to completely differently when you have Starling Marte behind you as opposed to Zach Gallon. No, I, I, I agree with you completely. Um, last team we got to touch on here before we move over to the AL. That is the San Diego Padres, and I'll let you start off with them, Bid. Uh, the Padres actually a really interesting team. Uh, I like what they did with their bullpen, too. They already had a pretty strong bullpen with Kirby Yates, Drew Pomeranz. They went out, they added Emilio Pagan from the Rays, and just yesterday they traded Franchi Cordero for Tim Hill. Um, but you look at the star, the star level that they have on this team, the talent that they have, they have stars like Fernando Tatis, Manny Machado. I mean, Will Myers and Eric Hosmer aren't what they used to be, but they're still talented guys that can provide some value. Tommy Pham is one of the more underrated guys in this league, but especially with Tatis, though. I, I see Fernando Tatis as a guy that can really emerge as an MVP candidate, five-tool kind of guy. Well, maybe four-tool. Defense is a little shaky, but he's a really good player. He's going to be there for a long time to come. And if you look at the pitching staff, they added Garrett Richards. They have Chris Paddock, who has all the potential in the world. And one guy that I think should come up this year, he's not on the projected roster yet, but Mackenzie Gore, I think is the top pitching prospect in all of baseball right now. 
And if he can come up and provide an immediate impact, he could be just the boost that this team needs to push him over the edge. They're not going to catch the Dodgers, but they should compete for a wild card spot. No, I agree with you completely. I think the Padres are like built for sure to be a breakout team either this year or next year oh, with yeah. all their young talent. It just is. That's what it's going to come down to this season. If their young talent can end up putting it together consistently, because you know they added Tommy Pham in there. I mean, you get the DH, so now Will Myers can play rather than kind of being stuck where you have Machado and Hosmer at first and third, which are pretty much his two primary positions. And you know he's not a great fielder in the outfield, so you really don't want to put him out there. But I even kind of like Trent Grisham too. He adds some speed, you know, and a little bit of pop in his bat. Yeah. Yeah, Trent well. Grisham, I mean, he was a pretty t- pretty highly touted prospect in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. He uh, had that giant error in, uh, in the wild card game last year, kind of fell out of favor with that team, so they shipped him out pretty much immediately. But he's, hit, he's in San Diego now for a fresh start. He's got a lot of talent. He's got a good glove out there. He's a quick guy. Um, and now, especially with Franchi Cordero being traded, he will definitely be starting in that outfield. No, absolutely. I mean, also, to the Padres, I mean, MLB.com, take it for what it's worth, but they said they have the second-best bullpen. But, I mean, when you have Kirby Yates and um, what's the – he started for him last year. They moved him the bullpen, the long hair. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. But, anyway, they have some they have some uh, pretty solid pitching out there in that bullpen. So, that's another big thing, too. You know, if these starters can get them to where they can get to the seventh inning, then it's going to be massive for them. Um, let's move over now to the AL. And we'll go ahead and start things off with the Oakland Athletics last year. And I'll start off with the A's a little bit. So first off, um, I hope to see Sky Bolt get in there and get some playing yeah. time. I'm, I know Sky personally, so I'm hoping for oh, a good season yeah. for him. But that's I actually, a Hall of Fame name right there too, oh, Sky Bolt. That's that, what that's I'm just a star name. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you hear a name like that, name. you got to think the kid's destined to be a superstar. But the A's have one of the better bullpens. I think they definitely have a oh, top yeah. ten bullpen. But honestly, their rotation is sneaky good. Sean Manaya was injured pretty much all of last year. Mike Fires, I think he'll regress a little bit just because he kind of had you know an off the wall season. But Frankie Montas was killing it until he tested positive for steroids. Yeah. So you know he's probably got some of that steroids power left in him. <laughs> and then I mean when you've Chris Bassett as your projected five, that's when you know you have a very solid rotation. But I even like the hitting, too. I mean, you got Crush Davis, who, you know, can go deep for you. Mark Cannon, get on base. Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, and Marcus Simeon, all some of the better hitters in baseball. You know, I think the A's have a really good team here, and I think they're about to have a great season. See, on the lineup, I completely agree with you. Guys like Marcus Simeon broke out last year. He's playing in a contract year this this year as well, whether uh, he earns a big deal with the A's or elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Contract year. Coming off a breakout season, he's going to be solid. Matt Chapman and Matt Olson are two guys I look at as MVP candidates in this league as well. Matt Chapman might be the best defender in all of baseball right now. And Matt Olson, you just look at the power numbers that he's displayed the last couple of years when he hasn't even played full seasons. He's been hitting 25, 30 home runs playing like 100 games. So the power that he has is just going to be huge, especially playing in a pitcher's park like that. But moving to the rotation, I agree they do have the talent. They do have Manaya. Frankie Montas, but the guys that I'm more intrigued with are Jesus Lazardo and AJ Puck. Lazardo's in their uh, projected starting rotation. Puck is not, but I think they'll both end up in there. Uh, Lazardo might end up being the rookie of the year this year. He's very talented. I think he's one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. Uh, I think he tested positive for COVID a couple weeks ago, but he's back now. Um, so he might be a little slow to begin the season, but he's mm-hmm. going to pick it up. and He's just an incredible talent there, and I think he's going to have a breakout year for Oakland. 
No, I could definitely see that, and that's the thing too. Like, see, I'm not, I'm not a huge prospect guy just because I'm so much involved in other sports. Yeah. But I definitely trust me. If you don't know who he is, you don't watch baseball yeah, clearly. Exactly. But um, you know, I think the I think at the end of the day, the A's will have a great season. But it's going to come down to how the second half of that of that order can hit the ball because you know there's definitely some question marks in that second half of the batting right. order. So that's what it's going to come down to, in my opinion, for the A's. Um, up next, let's go to the Rangers. And, you know, the Rangers made some massive moves this offseason. They brought in Corey Kluber. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say Todd Frazier's a massive move, but still it's Todd Frazier. You know, what do you what, have around. what do you think about the Rangers? They're an interesting team. Uh, they're one of the tougher teams to project, mostly because a lot of the guys, you don't really know what you're going to get mm-hmm. out of them. Like, Willie Calhoun had a breakout year last year, coming over from uh, the U Darvis trade a couple years back. He struggled a little bit, was starting to look like a bust. 23 home runs last year and played about half the season. He was playing really well. And another guy to watch in that lineup right now is Danny Santana, who's been nothing more than a utility player his entire career and then suddenly broke out last year. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, was that a fluke or is that something that he can build on? But uh, the rotation is much improved. Like you said, they went out and got Corey Kluber. They got Jordan Lyles, Kyle Gibson. Mike Miner and Lance Lynn were both very good for them last year. And Joey Gallo, when he was healthy last year, he was breaking out. He was playing better than he ever had. He's always had the power, but he had an improved approach at the plate last year. He looked very good, looking like an MVP candidate to start the season. I really hated to see him go down. So I'm interested to see what he's going to do coming back. He's another guy that tested positive for COVID, I think, uh, but he's back and healthy, ready to go. So he's another guy that I'm really looking forward to seeing this year. He might hit 20 home runs in 60 games. Yeah, I got a funny little take for you here on Joe Gallo. I have a theory. So their projected lineup is Todd Frazier's going to be hitting after him. And you know Todd Frazier's known to chase and be undisciplined yeah. at the plate. I can see Joey Gallo actually leading the MLB in walks this season and saying, team saying, screw it, let's put him on, see what Todd, see what the Todd father can oh, yeah. do. So. You know, I, I think if, yeah. If anything, I think. But realistically, this Rangers rotation is not getting the credit it deserves. I mean, Corey Kluber, Mike Lyon, Mike Miner, and um, Lance Lynn, they can find their way into the playoffs somehow. I mean, it's going to be tough to beat those three guys in a row. It's going to be really interesting to see how Corey Kluber bounces back this year too. Of course, the broken forearm, or, uh, yeah, broken forearm last year. He's kind of battling injury the year before that. He hasn't been the same guy the last couple of years. But you know the talents there. You know the mindsets there. You know he knows what what to do on the mound. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of numbers he can put together his first year down in Arlington. No, I agree with you completely. At the end of the day, I think it's going to come down to their lineup. they got a lot of high-variance guys in the lineup. So, you know, for 60 games, if they can get hot. Hey, new ballpark, too. It sucks that their first year with the new ballpark, no fans are going to be mm-hmm. able to come in and see them. But yeah, I, loved, I love the old Arlington ballpark. I've, yeah. been, I've been to a couple games there before. Great ballpark. Too bad nobody can check it out anymore. But... Anyway, we got to go to the cheaters here next, which is the Houston Astros. Actually, before we talk about the Astros, I just want to say this also. The Rangers and the Astros have the longest travel of any of uh, any team in the MLB this season. Just because, Them and the Marlins and the Blue Jays, just because they're, they're traveling. When you think about it, anytime they travel, they're going out yeah. to the West Coast and coming back, so they have to deal with the time zones too. I think with the, the few days off and how quick all these games are together, I think that could also factor in a little bit on these teams and wear and tear on them. Yeah, I agree with that, but at the same time, I still think the Astros are going to win the division. You don't have to worry about the fans heckling you this year either, which was going to be a huge impact for them mentally. Um, they lost Garrett Cole. They're going to need somebody young like Jose, or, or I don't even know how to pronounce the last name, or Iquity or whatever, uh, or Josh James, the flamethrower, to step up. I mean, mm-hmm. they still have the, uh, the veterans at the front of the rotation, Verlander, Grinky. 
Lance McCullers is back healthy. And then they still have that star-studded lineup. I think Jordan Alvarez is going to be one of the best hitters in the league this year. Absolutely. And they also, I mean, you can't forget Altuve, Springer, Brantley, Bregman. They're, they're still stacked. Uh, they're kind of baseball's villains at this point, but I don't think that's going to affect them too much. I still think they're going to win that division. I think they will, too. I have a little bit of an interesting theory here on the Astros. I mean, I might just be overthinking things a little bit here, which I think it probably is, because I agree with you. I think they probably will end up winning the division. But I feel, I could definitely see, like, if the Astros players are complaining about balls and strikes, or, you know, if there's an umpire who's really, like, a big, you know, this and that about the game kind of guy, I could see them getting unfair strike zones and getting a lot of pitches, you know, that can go either way just called strikes against them just because screw that, it's the Astros, you know. Start squeezing them a little bit. (laughs) No, that's exactly what I'm saying. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm a huge, that I'm definitely, like, 150% think that it's going to be a thing. but They can't bang on the trash cans with no fans. They'll get caught with that instantly. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm saying. But also, too, they're going to have a target on their back. You know, every single team's going to want to go out there and whoop up on them. But I think the Astros are going to – see, look, I don't think they're going to lay down, though. I think they're going to want to come out, and I think it'll make them, if anything, a little bit more motivated. Oh, yeah, I mean, they've got guys on that team with personality that kind of add an extra edge to it. Mm -hmm. Guys like Alex Bregman, like, you're not going to get in Bregman's head. If you get in Bregman's head, it's going to end – it's going to end worse for you than it will for him. Like he, he's that kind of guy. You're not going to mess with him. Mm-hmm. He's going to mess with you. So I'm, I don't think it'll affect them too much, especially without fans. That could kind of wear them down a little bit if the fans are in there in their ear constantly. Especially but, for 162 games, yeah. getting booed like that every. 60 time. games, no fans. It'll be interesting to see though if they're pumping in the crowd noise in uh, some stadiums. If they'll just start playing the boos when the Astros are coming in. No, that'll be that'll be pretty funny. No, absolutely. Um, Love to see that. Before we move now to the Seattle Mariners, first, can you talk can you it. name me five players in the Mariners opening day lineup that will start? Mitch Haniger. Mitch Haniger is out for the season. Out for this season too. Yeah, too, I, re- I actually looked at it yesterday. I just, uh, damn it, uh, D. Gordon, Shed Long, Kyle Seager, somehow still with them. Dan Vogelback. And Kyle Lewis, if he makes the opening day roster. Ooh, they, hey, I'm, I'm impressed, honestly, Bid. I was expecting you to pull Malik Smith out of there. Um, actually, D. Gordon was pulled, though, from the inter squad scrimmage two days ago, and for uh, for a reason yet to, or unknown. So I've been so reading speculation his, that he, he probably got his has. test back while he was on the field, and I got oh. Yeah, I've been reading speculations that he probably has COVID, but. Be honest with you, like I said earlier about the Mariners and about these teams that they're going to give up, I look for the Mariners to sell off any assets they have yeah. as the season goes on and to be a skeleton crew by the end of the season. And that's another thing. That's, that's where it really hurts them to have Mitch Hanniger out again because, I mean, he was hurt all year last year. He would have, If he was healthy last year, he would have gotten flipped at the deadline. He was one of the best hitters in the league the year mm-hmm. before. So if he's healthy, he's getting flipped at the deadline. Now they kind of have to hold on to him. That's really going to be rough for them. Kyle Seager's gone. I don't know what they can get for him anymore. But, uh, I mean, other than that, Marco Gonzalez might get you somebody. Malik Smith will be a solid fourth outfielder somewhere else. Solid, especially with the new extra inning rules right now. You pinch run Malik's on second base. He'll be on third instantly. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, this team, they've got some young talent. Shed Long, Kyle Lewis, Justice Sheffield. but Even Kikuchi, too, you know. Yeah, because he... I was a little higher on him last year coming in from Japan. I thought he was going to uh, play a little bit better than he did. But, I mean, second year, who knows? He might take a step forward this year. He just kind of disappointed last also, year. Also, though, I feel a lot with young pitchers, especially like that, and just with pitching in general, I feel like it's a lot of, like, 
vibes you have at the ball club. Like if you go out there and you go ahead and get two and you go down two nothing to start the game off, you're like, whatever, f this. Like we're gonna get our ass kicked, yeah. and you kind of give up. You know what I mean? But maybe it'll be a little bit of a change here. Also, though, I still think that I still think there's good value on Kyle Seager. I think that if he can get a if either the team can turn the culture around or if he can get a change of scenery, I think he can still be that prospect they thought he'd be. Um, let's move here now to the our final team before we go to how we think all these teams will finish. And that's a, this is a very interesting team here, and that's the Los Angeles Angels. So, obviously, there's been a lot of speculation that Mike Trout might not play this season, that he might leave the team early in the season. Um, I want to say this before we talk about the actual team. I think it's going to come down to the state of the team. The Angels have a season a lot like last year, and they're kind of out of contention. I think he'll give up, and he'll go ahead and dip out for the season once his son or once his child's born. I'm not sure if it's supposed to be a guy or a girl. But I think if the Angels are in it, that he's going to stay there and stick it out with his guys and try to get in the playoffs because, you know, Mike Trout is probably the best player for his sport that doesn't get the credit that he deserves, no, and he needs to be on the postseason stage absolutely. as much I mean, as possible. You see the way, just looking across the landscape of professional sports right now, you see the way they talk about LeBron James, the way they talk mm-hmm. about Patrick Mahomes. And with Mike Trout, it's, he's just kind of an afterthought sometimes. No, I absolutely agree with you, but I mean, I think this is their best lineup too. Lestella was hitting the ball oh, well before he got hurt last year. Obviously, you have Trout, you add Rendon in there, then you get Otani back, who's going to be back and healthy and supposed to be starting pitching as well. I mean, Albert Pujols is old as heck I st- now. I still think Pujols can turn it up a little bit in a 60-game season and leave it all out there. He's not going to be a star-level player at all, but he can improve on what we've seen in the last year. Yeah, and he's a smart hitter. He's still hitter. got the pop. He's yeah. still got the pop. He's still got the approach. He just doesn't have the talent that he wants. Right? No, absolutely. And like you said, you know, for a 60-game season, you can see Pujols leave it all out on the field, but... You know, Justin Upton is kind of a swing for the fences or strikeout guy. He's a very streaky hitter, too. So that's one of those things. You could see him put up MVP numbers. Or you yeah. could see him put up minor league numbers over a 60-game season. <laughs> yeah, and trust me, as a Braves fan, we've seen him do both. Yeah, but, he's really hit or miss. Oh, yeah. And Andrelton Simmons hit the ball well, too, for him last year. And he's going to be back and healthy because he got hurt midseason, too. Yeah, and, so. and any value you get with the bat from him is just icing on the cake, man. With what he can do with his glove, one of the best mm-hmm. defenders of this past decade – He's going to provide value even if he's not hitting. But you have an interesting point with Mike Trout. It, it, I'm not as worried about that as I was a few weeks ago when it was looking like he might opt out. I do still think he's going to take his paternity leave, and it might take a little bit longer than usual because he's going to have to be tested before and after that mm-hmm. leave. So he's going to miss that probably be about a week, which might run into two weeks, which ordinarily wouldn't be much of an issue. But in a 60-game season, that could really cost them. The one name that we haven't mentioned yet that I'm really excited to see is Joe Adele, their top prospect, especially if Trout does go out. If Trout opts out for whatever reason or if he just misses a couple weeks when his uh, son's born, Mm -hmm. Joe Adele can step in. If he can hit the ground running and have the kind of immediate impact that we saw in 2018 from Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto, I mean, sure, it's not Mike Trout. But if you can get an all-star level replacement coming in right after him, then you won't miss that much. And if you get Trout back and then you have Adele that can gen- that can then bump Brian Goodwin to the bench, now you have a very dangerous team. And I do like what they did with their pitching as well. I mean, they, they still have Shohei Otani out there. He's back and healthy. That'll be a huge boost. But they, they have a couple solid middle rotation guys. They already had Andrew Haney. They added Julio Tehran and Dylan Bundy. So they've got a bunch of solid middle of the rotation kind of guys that they can bring in behind Otani uh, they're going to need their bullpen's going to need some work at the deadline if they're in it they're going to have to shore up that bullpen a little bit maybe add a starter if possible I know they're linked to guys like Syndergaard guys like uh, Mike Clevenger I think Clevenger would be a great fit out there but 
We'll no, see. No, absolutely. I mean, I think when it comes down to the Angels at the end of the day, it's how that pitching's going to do. And the way I look at it right now, they have no ace. And I think you have to have at least one guy you can depend on to go out there and get you a win almost every single time he goes and out on the mound. If Otani is healthy and if he's pitching, I don't know if it'll be every five days mm-hmm. now, every six days, whatever. I know they're going to be kind of careful with him. But if Otani is healthy, he can step up and be that guy. I mean, Julio at this point in his career is not going to be that guy. Dylan Bundy kind of flopped a little bit. He's still got the talent, but he's not going to be that guy. Same goes for Andrew Haney. But Shohei Otani could really step up and be that guy. And if not, then they're in trouble. They're see, really going to need to make it. See, I just decision. feel like Otani's one more year away just because, you know, he's coming off that Tommy John surgery and everything. So I feel like he's just one more year. I feel like he needs to get back this year and just pitch a lot. Just, you know what I mean? Get some logs, some innings, yeah. get that arm back to where it's at. And then I think next year he can take that jump back to where we thought he'd be. He's not nearly the rookie that we thought he oh, not that we thought he would be, but he's not nearly the rookie that he kind of seems to be in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. because he played professional ball before coming over. So he's a little more polished than some of these young guys we see now. Obviously, missing last year, is it's going to be kind of tough bringing him back, but he's even working on a couple new pitches apparently. He's looked really good in spring training and now in summer camp. So he can step in and be that guy, but as I said, I really think that they need to be looking on the trade market at a guy like Mike Lovinger. No, I agree with you completely. They ain't, trust me, the Angels could use an ace. All right, let's uh, let's go ahead and close things out here, and we're going to go through each division here real quickly and say how we think they're going to do. We'll go back to we'll circle back to the NL here. I'll start things off. Um, just to speed things up, I'm taking the Dodgers to yeah. win the division. I don't even think. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll go ahead yeah. and skip that one. Don't say anything else. Yeah, the uh, NL or so the second or second place team. I actually think they're going to make the playoffs here. I'm going to go with the Diamondbacks. Like I said, I think the Diamondbacks, the back half of their order, needs to do a little better hitting the ball. But I think the pitching the Diamondbacks have, and just the fact they added Starling Marte, I think it's enough because you know they were knocking on the door last year. The playoffs. I think it's to be enough to get them over the hump. I've got the Arizona Diamondbacks making the playoffs. See, I agree that the second place team in the NL West is going to make the playoffs. I just disagree with who that's going to be. For that, I'm rocking with the San Diego Padres. Fernando Tatis is going to break out and stay healthy this year, hopefully. That way he can break out, look like an MVP candidate. Chris Paddock, over the course of a full season, I know last year he had his struggles, got sent back down, came up, he was lights out again. He's got Cy Young stuff. I want to see Mackenzie Gore get his shot, and I think at some point this season he'll take the job and run with it, and I think he'll lead them to a wild card spot. Um, I'm actually got the Padres in my third place, but I mean, like you said, I think it's going to be a really, really t- you know fight right down to the end yeah. between these two teams. And you know, I really think that, like you said, you know, it's going to come down to that starting rotation. Chris Paddock obviously is an ace, but you need the other guys to fall in behind him and pick up the slack. And you know, I think if they can, they could easily jump over the Diamondbacks here. And also, you know, it's going to come down to all these young guys. They got a lot of young guys in that lineup as well. Hitting the ball, I think next year, no matter what, the Padres are a playoff team. But it I remind think me that, a lot of uh, 2017 Braves. Where it's mm-hmm. kind of like, is it going to be this year? Is it going to be next year? And I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Machado and Tatis are my favorite non-Braves players, so I'd love to see them get in. <laughs> um, our fourth place team, I think we're both in agreement on this one. I got the Colorado Rockies. I just don't think that pitching is going to be enough to get them over the top. And I mean, like I said, they've got a solid five hitters, but after that, they really don't have too yeah. much. So I think the Rockies will be competitive, and they have that good home field advantage, but I think at the end of the day, they'll come up short, and they'll find themselves in fourth place in this division. Yeah, I mean, they'll be fun to watch, but I agree with you. They're going to fall flat. I mean, they got I mean, Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story. It's going to be a fun team to watch, but they're, they're going to come up in fourth place. No, absolutely. And then 
I mean, what what more do we need to say? Like we said earlier, the Giants they the Giants lost. Are the, yeah, they they had a mate. They probably had the biggest downgrade you can have at manager, and then they have they lost their best player. I mean, I would say call up Joey Bart to put some fans in the stands, but you can't even do that. So I don't I don't know what I don't know what to do if I'm if I'm with San Francisco Giants right now. I don't know what to do. I guess trade off anybody that you can, mm-hmm. but that, that's all I got. All right, let's move over now to the AL, and I'm, I'll am i start us off once again. I'm going to take the Astros to win this division. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think this will be a close race, and I think it could come down to like the last couple days for the Astros to go and cheer this thing up. But at the end of the day, the Astros definitely have the best pitching and the best hitting. I think they are the most complete team of any team in this division. I definitely have some questions if they'll be all the way in it or not. But, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a competitor and the other team is, you know, kind of hating on you a little bit and they're, you know, firing at you and barking at you, that's just going to feed the fire and should fuel you more. So if the Astros have any competitive bone in their body, they should come out and win this division as a big F you to everybody. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Astros are going to win it. I think it is going to stay pretty competitive, pretty close, especially if Mike Trout stays with the Angels. I think it's going to be a pretty competitive three-team race out there. And who knows, maybe Joey Gallo, Willie Calhoun will lead the Rangers into that race as well. But I think it's going to end up with the Astros coming out on top, just ahead of the Angels and A's. Um, for second place, who you got? See, I was between the Angels and the A's, but every year I always underrate the A's. And nothing's going to change, so I got the Angels in second place. Wow. See, I always put the – I always – until okay. I'm right about this. Will they make I'm the gonna, playoffs, though? If Mike Trout stays with the team and they make a move to shore up their pitching staff, I think they make the playoffs. Okay. If not, then no. Okay, so I'm actually glad. We have a we have a decently large disagreement on this one. I'm going to go with the A's to have second place. I just think that they have such great pitching that their hitting is going to be enough to get the job done. I feel like that they've got the hitters at the top of their lineup that get on base for them, and they always seem to find those guys at the bottom of the lineup to come up with big hits for them. And I just think with how stacked this pitching is for this A's team, I mean, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if the A's beat out the Astros and won the division. Oh, I agree with that. But every year I say the A's aren't going to make it, and every year they prove me wrong. So I'm going to keep on riding the stake until I get it right. The A's <laughs> aren't making the playoffs. Hey, you Sorry, m- Oakland. Hey, that's what I do with the Saints every single year, so I can respect that one. So do I, but I have, an, I have a reason for that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, let, who you got finishing this division in third place? A's. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they're they're too good to say they're not going to be in the race. But I'm just trying to I'm trying to ride this take and say they're not going to make. Could the you playoffs. see two teams making the playoffs from this division? Yeah, I could. Like I said, any of those three teams, I could see them getting in. But I'm gonna say it's I'm gonna say as of right now, it's only going to be the Astros. But who knows? Because looking at especially if you go across to the AL East, where I think mm-hmm. the best teams are, they're going to beat up on each other a little bit, especially playing with the tough NL East opponents as well. So that kind of opens things up for the Central and the West to put another team in there. No, I agree. I I agree with you completely. Honestly, I think there's a lot of open opportunities there with that. Um, I'm gonna take the Rangers actually here to finish Ooh. third. I think the Rangers starting pitching is so good that you can't ignore that. I just really don't like this Angels pitching. I feel like they're gonna play a lot of ugly, high scoring games, and I think at the end of the day, it, they're gonna find themselves a little out of the race. And I think Mike Trout's gonna go ahead and pack it in and say, "Let's wait it for next season." Because you know the Angels are built a little bit where they can say screw it, let's wait till next season and, you know, go out and get us an ace in the off season. So I'm actually going to take the Rangers here to finish in third place. Okay. I, I mean, I like that. I like their rotation. I still think kind of Corey Kluber's in a similar spot to show Otani right now coming back from injury mm-hmm. to see what he can do, especially with change of scenery as well. Uh, I'm not as big on Jordan Lyles and Kyle Gibson as some people are. I like Mike Miner. I like Lance Lynn, but I, I still have them coming in fourth. Okay. 
Um, fourth place, like I said, got the Angels. Plus, then, I love Joey Gallo. I got to throw that out there, too. No, I do, too. He's one of my favorite players as well. Um, nothing more needs to be said. We both have the Mariners in last place. Yeah. But, Bid, before I let you get out of here, just because I'm saving for the last podcast to give you my uh, all my award predictions, go ahead and give me who's who's gonna. What's your World Series matchup and why? Uh, my World Series matchup. I'm keeping it back east. Uh, you can say it's biased. I don't really care. I'm going Braves. I'm going Yankees. I look at the Yankees. I think they are head and shoulders above pretty much every team in baseball mm-hmm. right now, especially after adding Garrett Cole. They won 103 games last year. Then they went out. They added the best pitcher on the planet. They're getting Stanton back. They're getting Judge back. They're getting Aaron Hicks back. They're getting Miguel Andujar back. They're getting their whole team back healthy right now. They added the best pitcher on the planet. If they stay healthy, they're going to make the World Series. And if you look over in Atlanta, another year of growth, another year of development for Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, Mike Soroka, Max Freed, who having Cole Hamels is really going to be a big boost for him. He's a guy that he's really been compared to his whole career, who's already been working with. I think Max Freed's going to take a gigantic step forward this year and finish top ten in Cy Young uh, Cy Young Award rankings this year. Um, so who's so who's winning? You got that love against Braves and Six. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna recuse myself from answering that question because if I say Yankees, I'm gonna feel bad. If I say Braves, I'm just gonna be saying Braves to say Braves. So I'm saying I'm not answering that question. Hey, I can I can respect that. I can respect that. One thing I want to say, what I said on my last podcast with the Yankees is their only problem is deciding who to play each day in the yeah, field. Exactly. <laughs> That's their only problem they have. Um, what about for your MVPs? Who got one in NL and AL? MVPs. Uh, See, Trout's the obvious choice in the AL, but with everything going on with him not, with him possibly missing the year, I'm actually between a couple of guys right now. I think Aaron Judge coming back healthy is going to be a mm-hmm. huge boost. I think he can really display all that power that he has. He's the most powerful player in the league right now. If he's back healthy, which he looked good, he homered an inner squad the other day. I'm between Judge and Matt Chapman with the A's. Okay. I have no problem with individual A's players. I will say they're going to miss the playoffs. But if they make it, it's going to be because of Matt Chapman. It's going to be because he continued to put up MVP numbers at the plate while being arguably the best defender on the planet. Best defensive third baseman we've okay. seen in years. Okay. And then over in the NL, I mean, Yelich already got his. You know, Acuna's going to get his. You know, Bellinger's going to get his. But in a 60-game season... I'm riding with Freddie Freeman. Weird season like this, the guy that can lead the clubhouse, the guy that can hit. He's, in my opinion, aside from Mike Trout, he's the best pure hitter in baseball. He doesn't have the power Judge has, he doesn't have the power Acuna has, but his just pure bat-to-ball approach at the plate, I think he's the best pure hitter in the league, not named Mike Trout. And if you look at some of the hot streaks that he's had, look at the way he started a couple of these years, like 17 when Judge and Stanton went crazy, mm-hmm. hit all those home runs. When he got hurt, he had more home runs than they did. He had a higher OPS than they did. He had a higher average than anybody else. If he can stay hot for one of those sustained periods of 60 games right now, and even last year, look, he was putting up MVP numbers before he messed his arm up. So I think he's a guy that could actually come forward and win an MVP, and this is going to be his best chance of his career to do it. Okay, okay. I like those. Last thing before you get out of here, give me both your Cy Young predictions. Cy Young's another one where I had to – well. AL Cy Young, I'm going Garrett Cole. I already said it. He's the best pitcher on the planet right now. NL Cy Young's one where I had to kind of weigh the landscape a bit right now because two of the guys that I was uh, factoring in here, Jacob DeGrom and Walker Buehler, were my top two picks. Mm-hmm. Buehler's a little behind schedule right now. DeGrom's battling some back soreness. As a Braves fan, it hurts me to say it, but I'm going with Jack Flaherty on this one. I think that he's a guy, you look at what he did in the second half of last season. Sub one ERA. This is a guy. If he comes out, he pitches like that. Nobody's gonna touch him. He's gonna win Cy Young. 
No, absolutely. I will say this. I think it could be a very high-variance year for people to win MVPs and things like that. There, I think there will be some teams that don't belong that make the playoffs. There will be some oh, players yeah. you know, who got hot. for Like last year, I mean, people forget the Nationals weren't even in the, the Nationals playoffs Nationals were 19 last and 31 to start the year last year. The Mariners were the best team in baseball for the first two mm-hmm. weeks last year. Anything can happen. Exactly. Anything can happen. Well, Bid, I appreciate you coming on once again. Oh, for sure. Good to be here. Hey, we always love having Bid on. Also, me and Bid are about to record our first, our first episode a while of our Atlanta Only podcast, so y'all be on the lookout for that. But trust me, we'll have Bid back here many times to talk baseball. We got lots of good stuff coming for y'all. Appreciate everyone tuning in, and we'll talk to y'all again soon.